0: Hello and welcome to episode number three of the King's Rock Podcast, part of the King's Rock Network. I am Bolt Up. I'm here with Death Giver as always.
1: How's it going, everybody? It's your boy Death Giver from the Death Giver Gaming YouTube channel.
0: Today we're going to be talking a little about what a little bit about what to expect for the LAIC International Championship. It's coming up on Friday. Uh, we're going to go over some of the decks that we've seen in the online tournaments and what changes they have made with Paradox Rift since LAIC is the first tournament that Paradox Rift is legal in. Um, and then we're going to close up with predictions from the two of us for what we expect to see at day one and day two and in the top cut of LAIC. So starting off, looking at some online tournament re- tournament results, one of the big surprises I've seen is is all over these online tournaments. Um, I kind of expected with the with Pao getting better, that Gardevoir is going to just drop. Um, Iron Hands is added to Champow, and Champow, which is already a good matchup into Gardevoir, got even better with Iron Hands, but Gardevoir has found ways to adapt. One of those ways is Screamtail. Screamtail has been absolutely incredible in my testing and from what I've seen in online tournaments. Being able to snipe 160 damage on the bench, and even more when you throw in the luxurious cape or the bravery charm on it, it's absolutely incredible.
1: That would be impressive because, yeah, that would take out Baxcalibur and T.M. Pa Without Baxcalibur that's a that's a weakened deck, quite a bit weakened. So, yeah, I can see why that would be a good matchup against Chien pao at this point.
0: And I think that's exactly what it is. It's It's the ability to snipe a Baxcalibur off the bench, something that Gardevoir could not do previously. And in addition, with the luxurious cape, which adds 100 HP to the Pokemon, it also turns it into a 2 prizer. So if if the card gets knocked out with the cape on it, the opponent takes two additional prizes, or takes one additional prize, so two in in terms of Screamtail. But that means Screamtail can do 360 damage to something on the bench, which is absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah, that's impressive.
0: It can snipe a Charizard off the bench, which I mean, that's that's absolutely incredible for Gardevoir.
1: Yes, yes, and especially for Gardevoir because Charizard has a strong, strong matchup. I should say that's the word I'm looking for. Strong matchup against it. And one of the
0: big, big tournaments that Gardevoir won was the Tournament of Doom Regional Championship Online. Um, it was won by the celios network played gardevoir he went ten zero and 3 and so that's kind of the list that i've been using when i've been playing online and it just feels it feels great it it's to the point where i am actually slaving up gardevoir i'm playing it myself now because it's just good again
1: i mean that was your original deck you're the one that uh earned benedict arnold on it and went to chi and Pao.
0: I did, then Chiam Pao's fun. It 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 was fun and I've been playing Chiang Pao with Iron Hands and it's it's it just doesn't feel as good. I don't know if it's better, I don't know if it's worse, but this new new version of Gardevoir is it feels really good.
1: I've played a couple Chian Pao's with Iron Hands and I haven't said it's better. I didn't have a good matchup to where I was able to get told screw uh grass version of um cruel out on the field where they couldn't pull energy back into their hand and once that happened i mean my opponent it was kind of funny that he kept dropping super energy retrievals on the same turn three times and, and not he being didn't able to realize do with it. yeah could, didn't realize that he couldn't do anything with it but it was entertaining to watch him drop three of them so i, well, I, okay, I, here. I laughed the whole time
0: um let's go ahead and use this to transition into the next uh let's transition into Charizard. Because um, Charizard is another deck that's been showing up in online tournaments. Um, the the deck that I'm seeing more often now is the evolution version. So it's going to use the evolution TM and it's going to evolve into Charmeleon and then Charizard. Uh, so it has less use of the rare candy and a lot of them are dropping the Pidgeyats. It's you know two prize liability that if you can go without, I you know don't really see a reason to use it. Um, yeah. I personally go ahead
1: i had to end up switching away from pidgeot there's too much electrics out there that is one-shotting it and that was my issue is that there was a lot of battles where a lot of people were just rare candy and then they would pull out electric i played an iron valiant deck that had a jolteon and it one-shotted it of course the maraedon decks does it um there's been random like electrics that's just thrown up in random matches that i'm like where'd the electric come from and a one-shot to Pidgeot, so it was a, it was a liability. I wasn't getting the draw power from it, and it was getting one-shotted. And then I found out that not only is there a de-evolutionary TM that will turn it back into a Pidgey, and then you got to try to hope to get another rare candy to get it back up, but there is a de-evolutionary Pokemon by the name of Aerodactyl that will turn it back into a Pidgey and knock it out. So. Yeah, it was a fun time learning that um, the Charizard Pidgeot deck that I had been running for the last two months was uh, no longer viable in most matches. So I've moved to the Evolution version as well.
0: And uh, So I'm guessing that you played against your first
2: Zorro Box deck.
1: Zorro box? what is that?
2: That is the uh, Zoroa that evolves
0: into...
1: Oh, that uh, deck. Yes.
0: Yes. And Zoroark pulls stage ones from your discard pile.
1: And God, so that's that probably where was... you
0: saw the Aerodactyl because it's a yes. stage one.
1: That, God, that deck was annoying as crap. <laughs> yeah, that, that that was a deck. That was a deck. That it deck is so was fun so cool. to play
0: and it's so annoying to play against. But
1: it was a one prize, pain in the behind deck that <laughs> every one they were knocking out, they, yeah, and it seemed like for every Pokemon that I had, they had a counter in the freaking discard pile they to do. pull whenever a Zorak went to the field and I could not and of course they had four Zorak's and then they super rotted them back in. So every time I killed the freaking thing or they got rid of the freaking thing, they just brought it back into the deck and then brought it back out So yeah, it was it was so annoying.
0: The the power of that deck comes from having, like you mentioned, having counters to everything. Um, you know, they have grass cards for Charizard. They have the Raichu for Pidgeot. They have, um, Scizor for Champau. I yes. mean, they have, they have everything. And they have a you water kill, for
1: into, yeah.
0: If you kill something, they're gonna pull it right back onto the next Hmm. Um, so, you know, there's not really anything you do outside of Lost City. Lost City shuts that deck down. Um, and if if it happens to get popular, I mean, if, if people are going to have to start playing Lost City.
1: Uh, oh, a friend of mine God. just
0: put that deck together, and I had to play against it. Um, he ended up what was I? Oh, I was playing Charizard with Lost City, and that he got out to an early lead. Lost City kind of pulled me back in the game, but he did end up beating me. It's it's kind of a, it's a niche deck that shows up every once in a while. Um, it looks it's, fun, it's, though. It is fun it, to play.
1: It looks very fun. Like I, I was surprised at how well it did. Cause when I re- initially saw it, I laughed at it and was like, "This fool in this weak deck." And yeah, that weak deck definitely showed me a thing or two about it. <laughs> but yeah, it was a, uh, it was it was not fun. But yeah, they it's unique. They they whipped out some stuff that um I was surprised. Like I said. They whipped out Aerodactyl versus Charizard. And I was like, <laughs> I'm about to one shot that next turn. Yeah, no, he one shot at me that turn. Because he de-evolutionized yeah. me and not killed my Charmander. And I'm like, oh, all I got is Rare Candies. And then, yeah, it was it was bad. So after that, I was like, okay, there's no way I'm. And then with other matches with Charizard in the Rare Candies, there's no way you can run Rare Candy Charizard in this format at this point you might be able to now, later but with the deevolution is going being so popular and the de-evolution aerodactyl being kind of popular as well it, it's definitely one of those that you're gonna have to run charmeleons now all that being said
0: the deevolution evolution tm i've seen thrown around in a lot of lost box decks but zoro box is not really anything you generally have to worry about um, it's probably, I, I would assume, the, the rise in popularity right now is just people trying it out with the new format and everything, the D Evolution TM being one. Um, but I think eventually it's just kind of drop off like it usually does. Um, I, I don't think it's that so. powerful. It's just kind of fun to play.
1: It's powerful against certain decks. And as right now, with Charizard being so popular, the Rare Candy variant of it was very popular but i think once the rare candy variant goes away it's not going to be a problem because and when i started running into those decks with the charmeleon um yeah it was they just de evolutionize them and then i just evolve them back up the next turn and then i'd be able to have free access to my energy all over again and then i'd be able to just one shot and then i energize pokemon on my bench so it, it it definitely works better with the charmeleon now but yeah, it was it was definitely a learning. Taking on about a six match losing streak because of weird crap was not making me happy.
0: <laughs> okay. But yeah, the uh, the evolution Charizard just feels a lot better. Um, like you mentioned, it's safer. You don't have to worry about the deevolution TM as much, and you don't have that the two price Piggy out on the bench. And it it just feels smoother to me.
1: It doesn't feel smoother. Uh, granted, I don't have as many matches with it with the old version. It doesn't, I've got about 10 to 15 under my belt at this point. Fortunately, I'm uh, under the weather, so I haven't been able to be on that much. But, um, it seems to be to me that it's slower, but it's sa- like you said, it's safer. I don't yes, believe it's, it's definitely not faster because having to go Charmander to Charmeleon to Charizard is definitely a slower version than going rare candy Charizard or Rare Candy Pidgeot to rare candy Charizard. So um I do miss Pidgeot because of the ability of being able to go in and get any card. But at the same time, I I don't miss that he was getting one shot at very easily in this new format. So I missed the old deck, but I mean that's one thing that's great about trading card games is that there's always a new deck that you just gotta figure out what to do with it.
0: And and what you're giving up in speed, you're gaining in consistency and late game reliability. And I think that trumps that trumps speed right now, especially in this format.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Especially with um, all these one prize decks that are coming up, popping up. Speaking of speed,
0: let's move on to what is probably the new fastest deck in the format, and that is Roaring Moon. Which is gonna be a deck I'm gonna build. Roaring Moon is extremely popular online. I think um, a lot of the popularity is, number one, it's really fun to play. Number two, it's unique. And number three, they give you half the cards in the first level of the battle pass. So, you know, everybody has half the cards right there. Yeah. This deck is something that I think is going to be a very popular L-A-I-C. Um, I personally don't expect a lot of the big-name pros to be playing it, but I expect a lot of other people to be playing this deck. It has the ability to get a turn one knockout, put your opponent on their back foot, and a lot of times they just
1: can't recover. And it has a lot of has an ability to ramp up to where once you get ahead, it's going to be hard for your opponent to cover, to recover. But um, I can see it being really good. I can see it prediction. I know it's early. I'll, we'll talk about it later. But yeah, Roy Moon, I I see can go pretty far. There's uh, there's a couple different
0: variants of Roaring Moon that I'm I'm curious to see what becomes the most popular variant. One is one that is playing Darkrai, Darkrai B mm-hmm. and V Star, which is not only a late game attacker, but it's also the V Star power to pull back two Dark Patches, two Cross Switchers, two uh, Energy uh, Energy Switches, um, just any you know two items that you need, which can come in clutch late game. But there's another version that I personally think is the better version, but I haven't really tested it myself. It is the Radiant Greninja version with the water energies. And what it does is it uses uh, Professor Seda's vitality to pull back energies from the discard pile onto your ancient Pokemon, then it it uses energy switches to move the energy onto the Radiant Greninja to be able to snipe with a Radiant
2: Greninja on turn one going second. It is possibly a very, very incredible
0: deck if it can get that off consistently. Um, or, you know, not not even just a turn one, but a turn two Radiant Greninja Snipe in addition to just being able to hit hard with the Roaring Moon, you know, turn after turn after turn after that. Um, I think it's the best version, but like I said, I haven't tested it myself, and I'm just kind of curious to see what the what the results play out in LAIC for Roaring Moon.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see what the results for Roaring Moon
2: will be. Uh moving on, let's talk about
0: let's see, we mentioned earlier Champau. Pao is a deck that started to gain a lot of popularity uh, right before Paradox Rift came out. Um, it was played by uh, most notably Grant Shen recently. Um, is he got a couple top eights with it? I think he got a twelfth place with twelfth place with it. Um, he has just been absolutely dominating with the deck uh, along with a lot of other people. And a lot of people now are claiming that Xian Pao is the best deck in the format with the addition of iron hands. um it It makes the bad bad matchup good in lost box. And then other than that, I mean, it's it just pretty much has good matchup across the board
1: i don't know i like i said every time i've played chien pao outside of you i usually win and um like i said in my story earlier when i used the grass version of tentacruel um that got shut down pretty quickly and backscalibur being able to be sniped by gardevoir i can see that being an issue um i know to go after backscalibur for that deck and it takes it out so best deck i don't know um I've never been impressed by and Pao, but I know higher end players are definitely way better at it. So um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what that deck does in this in LAIC as well.
0: So Toad Scroll is is a good good point to bring up. Um Toad Scroll is it was first played or f- what what kind of put put it on the map is the major tournament in Japan. And I don't know all the details about this, um, but there's a tournament in Japan they have, I think they call them like the Elite Four. And they are the four biggest name players in Japan. And then at the end of every season, the top four players of of that current season then play in an eight-player tournament against the Elite Four. And the top four players of that tournament become the new Elite Four for the following year until the next year. And so, when this tournament came out just very
2: recently, the two most played decks were Gardevoir and Champoo. Uh actually, I take that back. Champoo was the most played deck. I'm second guessing myself on Gardevoir. but
0: um, the there was a player that uh, played Charizard, and he was the first big name to use that toad scroll because he expected a lot of Xi'an on that, and Toadscroll not only shuts down superior energy retrieval in Xi'an Pao, but it also shuts off their Pokestop. Were you aware really? of that?
1: I did not know that. So It wasn't worth that. in match.
0: Pokestop's text reads, you discard the top three cards of your deck, and then put all items into your hand. So they're coming from the discard pile. Toadscroll Says that you cannot put items from your discard pile into your hand due to supporters, due to your supporter cards. So if you play a Pokestop and I have Toad Scroll out, if you use the Pokestop, the three cards remain
2: in the discard pile no matter what they were. Um. Now, that being
0: said, if y- if you play, or sorry, if I play a Pokestop in this scenario, so it's my Pokestop with my Toad Scroll. You can use the Poker Stop with no problem, because it's not your supporter; it's my supporter.
1: Ah, okay.
0: So not only does it shut off Superior Nature True, but it also actually shuts off Shampow's Poker Steps. So it is a it is a big tech card that can really hurt Xi'an Pao, And I have played against it; it's not fun to play against. Um, but it does take some setup. It is a it is a stage one that you need to get out. But when used in the Evolution Charizard deck, you can evolve it with the Evolution T M, so that helps you get that out faster. Yes, it does. And I think it's a tech card that we will see at LEIC.
1: I don't know. We'll see. I'm curious about it. It just depends on if you think Chiang Pao and Roy Moon well, Roy Moon is gonna be very popular, but it's gonna be I know both those decks use superior energy retrieval, so um
2: Yeah, uh, I don't know. Roaring Moon does not. I it thought is it did. To,
0: it does not need to discard energy for anything outside of Radiant Grenadier. And it gets its energies back from.
1: Oh, Moltres.
0: It, from Moltres, from Dark Paction, Professor Sadus Vitality.
1: Yeah, that's true. Okay.
0: So it's yeah, not but what using. Did...
1: Toad Scroll. Wait that a minute. Hold, as on, well? hold
2: on.
0: I, I, I said, uh, said Toad Scroll wrong previously. It was you can't get cards back from your discard pile due to is not items. So I said that wrong. Um, so yes, you are correct. I believe Toadscroll would
2: shut, shut down that down. Let me double too, check yeah. this. Let me read Toadscroll's writing here. Cards in your opponent's discard pile cannot be put in their hands. That's what it is. Okay.
0: So... It does not shut down Seda's vitality. It does not shut down Moltres, and it does not shut down Dark Packs because they're because not they going to, to end. the
1: field. That's right. Yes,
0: that's what it is. So that's another one of scrolls advantages. Nobody knows what the card actually does. So yeah, um, it it just really just shuts down the the superior energy
2: retrieval and the Pokestop.
1: Okay. Okay. So yeah, no, then it won't do anything against Roy Moon. So unless you think there's going to be a lot of Chi and Paz, I don't see... I don't see for a tournament bringing such a niche card.
0: Now, spoiler, because we're going to talk about it in a little bit, I do expect a lot of Chi and Let's see, let's move on to... Let's go Mew. Um, Mew is a deck that people are kind of, at least for a while, thought might be dead, because now there are two dark decks in the format, and both of them can... One hit KO a Mew v Max with no problem with Charizard and Roaring Moon. That being said, Mew's Mew. It's good, it's consistent, it's fast, and if you run the Fusion Strike version, you can get that attack of uh, 210 or more on turn one going second with a single prize Meloetta. Um, so there's a lot of things that Mew has going for it, and I expect a lot of big things from Mew coming up. It didn't really gain anything. Maybe Catcher because Mew can go down three prizes pretty quickly. So Counter Capture, being able to boss up a opponent's Pokemon without using a trainer card on the turn is pretty solid. Um, so I, I think some Mews are going to be playing that, and I expect big things from Mew at LAIC.
1: Yeah, I've seen a lot of them online, so it's definitely not dead as far as online play, but I am curious to see um, how they'll be in the tournament, so... Because um, I know online is way different than tournament play, but yeah, it's, and you not, always it's definitely not dead in online. In. Uh, let's
0: go Lost Tina. I haven't uh, seen that deck
1: in a while. <laughs> Me neither.
0: Um, but it's I think that up, deck is done. It's showing up a little bit in online tournaments, and Japan loves Lost Tina. I believe really? it's the most played deck in Japanese tournaments right now. Um, really? Really? When the when the format rotated earlier this year and we lost the entire D block, Lost Tina was played all over Japan. Um, really? it wasn't as popular here. It it kinda had its day. Um, but it's 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 super popular in Japan. And I think it's one of those sneaky decks that could come through and surprise a lot of people at LAIC. The big reason is countercatcher. I've said it a lot, but Lost Tina is a deck that does go down in prizes and it can do some pretty nasty stuff with a late game Judge Path Countercatcher. Previously, you couldn't judge and boss on the same turn, but now you can judge, you can Countercatcher. So now you're bossing up something that they don't want in the active, you're throwing Path down, and you're sending them down to four cards.
1: Hmm, yeah, that would be interesting.
0: A lot of things that it has going for it. Um, I don't know really what to expect with it, but I think it's a deck that could surprise a lot of people.
1: I don't know. I mean, based off of experience, and again, mine is online where yours is more tournament and in-person. Lost Tina just seems like, I mean, it's just overdone by Charizard, Chienpao, Gardevoir, Mew, Roaring Moon, (laughs) Maraidon. I mean, that's six decks right there that I would say it's, it's better than that's better than that deck even Goldingo is better than that deck so um i just I, i'm not sure i'd be curious to see what it does but and if how much it shows up in a tournament so but yeah i just i don't see moving on
0: um we're going to talk briefly about lugia um it's a deck that hasn't really changed um, I think Colorless is probably the deck we're going to see more at LAIC. I know Single Strike kind of made a little brief comeback, but um, between Snorlax, Mew, Weirdear, I think Colorless Lugia is—it's a solid option. It—it it has you know it's fast, it's consistent. Lugia is always going to be there. Um, there's going to be a lot of players playing it, and if enough people hit the coin flips correct, Lugia is going to win.
1: I don't have much experience against Lugia, so I have
0: nothing to I don't have much to say about Lugia. It it hasn't changed much. It's 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 Lugia. It's still Lugia and it will be Lugia for the next year and a half. <laughs> uh Lost Box. Lost Box is a deck that we have not seen much of. At least as far as online tournaments go. It's popping up here and there, but it's just not it's not taken over as much as it has been. And I think Iron Hands and Jirachi are two of the big reasons for that. Jirachi shutting down Sableye and Iron Hands being able to take two prizes from most of the Lost Box Pokemon, it takes away one of the big advantages of Lost Box. That being said, like I said with Lugia, Lost Box is always Lost Box, and good Lost Box players are going to perform well.
1: I would agree. Um... A lost box is one of those decks that you think it's dead, and it still shows that it's kicking. So I'll be curious to see what it does, but um, I don't know. Like you said, it's been it's dying pretty quickly. (laughs) It's dying. It might not be dead, but it's dying.
0: (laughs) Now, one change that is a little bit different now is the most popular version of lost box I've been seeing is Sablezard. So this is the version that does not play the Dragonite. It does not play the Raikou. It does not play the Kyogre. Um, It doesn't even play the Radiant Greninja. It relies on Sableye, Cramorant, and Radiant Charizard. And that is... I don't have enough experience playing Lost Box to really tell you why, but that is the deck that is the most popular version, and is what I expect to see the most of as far as Lost Box at LAIC. It's
1: such a dumb version. I've played... Quite a few versions of it against my Charizard deck. That deck is so dumb; it's oh, so I, hard I, to play. I don't understand why it's so popular. Um, because it's good. I mean, in the hands of player, it's good. The regular Charizard deck rolls over it. I guess I just don't play any good players that play that deck because it's so dumb. It's just um, I rolled it, it pretty quickly, and it, I just laugh at it every time I see it. I think it was.
0: Kiran Farah, I'm probably mispronouncing his name. Uh, he has a wonderful, wonderful YouTube channel. Um, but I think it was him that did a a deck overview about Sables. Oh no, 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 no! It was it was uh, Mellow Magikarp on the Lake of Rage podcast. He did a rundown about Sablesard with one of the best Sablesard players and talked about, you know, what makes the deck good. And it was it was a really good listen. Um just kind of you know in the in the brain of somebody who's really, really good with Sablesard, what makes it good and why that is a better pick than than Turbo Lost Box in some cases. I, but to, it is, I'm, I can't play it. I'm not good enough I, to play it.
1: I wanna hear what he has to say about it because I am curious on what the thought process is behind that deck. The I'll only thing I need to think of is that you let Sableye and Cremorant die until Charizard gets to the point to where he can one shot everything at 330 attack, and then you try to win that way. Outside of yeah. that, 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 you case. can
0: you use Cram and Sableye early to get some get a couple knockouts, set up damage, and then you get the last two knockouts with the Radiant Charizard because you'll they'll knock out the Charizard, you rot it back, you nest ball it, and you do it again. I got you. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not good enough, but I'll, I'll send you the uh, the link to that podcast. It's 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 worth a listen. Just somebody who's who's good at playing that deck, explaining what it does.
1: Since I'm a like Charizard player, I might have to make that version of the deck and see what it is about and everything.
0: It'll take a lot of practice.
1: Yeah, well, I figure that, because yeah, it doesn't seem like it's a good deck.
0: <laughs> uh, let's move on to Goldengo. Um, there's not much to say here. I don't expect a lot out of Goldango. Um I did at first, it's a fun deck to play. It I, th- I thought it was gonna be good at first, I don't think it's there. Um I think it's just a worse version of Champau. The the 50 to 60 damage the between the two decks where Goldango only does 50 per energy and, Chi and Pao does 60, that's a big difference when you're talking, you know, 330 damage. It's a big difference, just that 10 damage on each energy. It, it it makes it really, really hard to play for the long game. And then what I thought was a plus, where your Goldangos are both your support and your attacker, is not a plus. Because when you lose one, it's like you're losing two cards. And then if they happen to throw a path down, there is absolutely nothing you can do.
1: Yeah, like I said, the only thing that I thought was good about that deck is that instead of it being... That you had to pull the cards from your, like pull the cards from your hand and put it on the field, and then you would just be able to pull it from your hands. That was the only, us I saw from the deck. But yeah, I thought Pao was definitely the better version of it. Like if you're gonna run Goldingo, um, I would definitely run Pao. Like you said, it does more damage. I think Water has the best support in the game, so I'd run a raw. I'd run the Water deck just because of that. Even so, um, yeah, I, I just I don't know. If you want to be niche, run that deck, run Goldingo, but if you're wanting to win, I'd run Pao.
0: Now, that being said, before we jump off of Goldango here, uh, we did have, I talked about it last week, we had a fairly big tournament at a local store here, and the, the tournament was won by Roaring Moon, but two Goldangos finished in the top four. One finished second, and the other one finished fourth. Yeah, fourth. So Roaring Moon first, Goldango second, Gardevoir third, and Goldango four. And that fourth place was none other than Pokédubs. Dubs from YouTube finished fourth place with Goldango. So I told him I'd give him a shout-out, so there it is. Let's go ahead and move on to Moridon. Um, Maridon gained a couple cards. It gained... Iron Hands. Wow, completely <laughs> blank there. Maridon gained Iron Hands, and it also gained Tapu Koko. The new Tapu Koko EX is a guaranteed par- uh, paralysis if you had a Pokemon knocked out in the previous turn. Oh. So, against a deck like Charizard where Moridon previously had problems getting up to that 330 damage. Tapu Koko can paralyze and...
2: let me verify how much damage it does before I get the card wrong again. It can do 120 damage and it do the
0: guaranteed paralysis. And then the following turn, you can retreat out of the Tapu Coco and then hit harder with something bigger. Um, if you have a a Zapdos on the bench, then it can do 130 damage. So you're just you know squeaking out that extra damage there, and then that's enough to be able to knock out a 330 HP Charizard in two turns.
1: Impressive. And that deck was already a problem as it was, so <laughs> for it to be even better. <laughs>
0: I don't know how much better it makes the deck. Um, I've heard on the tag team podcast, I've heard the, the players that play the deck, you know, still saying it's, it's a solid option, but that being said, Andrew Hone, who is one of the big players of Maridon. He gave his top three decks that he might play for LAIC and Maridon was not one of them. So really? I think that means he might be jumping off the Maridon bus. Really? He has played nothing but Maridon since Worlds. He placed, I believe, top 32 in Worlds. And him and his team have been playing Maraudon ever since. Uh, he is the only member of his team that's playing in LAIC. And it sounds like he may not be on Maridon. So we'll see what he jumps to.
1: Yeah, I'm curious about that. Because, yeah, that's... Uh... Hey. a Like you said, he's been playing that for a while. So for him to jump yes. off of it... And okay. his
0: team has been having success. I mean, Jesse Parker has a couple top eights with Maridon. J.W. Crewall just won a regional with Maridon. So, I mean, his team's been having success. So uh, maybe maybe they just think that this format, it's just not not the right place for it. We'll find out.
1: And if they don't think it's the right place for it, then who are we to <laughs> argue? Exactly. Because they know that deck inside and out.
0: Yes, they're oh, they are yeah? the best players of that deck in the world,
1: without question. Yeah. They're saying not to if they're not running it, then that means don't run it.
0: <laughs> I guess we'll see if if Mahone actually chooses to play
2: something else. Maybe he's just throwing up a smokescreen. He's going to show up there with Maradon. Right Who knows? <laughs> Maybe.
0: All right, moving on to my favorite deck, the last and my favorite deck of this format right now. It is. None other than Snorlax stall. I just released a video of me playing this deck. It is so fun to play. It is my favorite deck of the format. Um, I, To be clear, I'm not saying it's the best, but it is the most satisfying to play. You know that your opponent is hating every move you make, but all you're doing is sitting back and using Countercatcher to bring up the Maridon in Gardevoir or bring up the Toad Scroll in Charizard. Just things that they can't attack with. They can't retreat because you have a Snorlax blocking the way, so they have to use their Switch cards. Eventually, they're going to run out of Switch cards, and they're going to deck themselves out, and you're just going to sit there, relax, and laugh.
1: <laughs> that is my type of deck.
0: This deck has seen an insane amount of play online. Um, it's showing up. Well, in online regionals, and I think this is the best situation that we've had for Control in a while. um I think it is very possible that Control could top eight. Laic, um, it's it's that good.
1: All right, are you uh, throwing out your pick now? Control Absolutely not.
0: Been... Absolutely not. Well, we'll talk about the predictions in a minute, but <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying I would not be surprised if Control made top eight unfortunately sander will not be at laic at least according to his tweet um for those who don't know he is one of the most unique deck builders in the world and he is probably the best control player in the world if there is a control option he is going to find it he's going to hone it and he is going to do well with the pile of cards that nobody would expect to do well with but unfortunately it sounds like he will not be at laic so we will not be able to see what he's cooking up yet uh, Death, do you have any final thoughts on overview of what decks we expect to see at LAIC?
1: No. no, I think we covered it pretty well.
0: Alright, let's move on to some predictions here. Uh, number one, what deck is going to win
1: LAIC? My prediction, it's hard. Because I'm thinking if Roaring Moon gets going, it has a strong chance of winning. Um, If it gets out in front, I don't see too many decks beating it once it gets out in front.
0: But you're starting that with an interesting two letter word there.
1: If. If. Yes. And that's where, if you would let me finish my thoughts is where <laughs> I say, when you're basing your tournament run on if, then yeah, you want consistent. Consistent, obviously Chi and Powell more than likely could win the tournament. Um, I love to give love to my Charizard. I don't know if it can win, but I think it can do top eight. Uh, Gardevoir is always consistent, and I've seen it top out a lot. Uh, Lugia, another one of those decks that always kind of tends to sneak in. So, But, I mean, for the most, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to go Roaring Moon. I think Roaring Moon can win this L-I- LAIC. So I'm going Roaring Moon.
0: I am going to go with... I think it's like the polar opposite of Roaring Moon or Roaring Moon's nemesis, maybe. Um, I think Mew is going to win, uh, specifically Fusion Mew. And the reason for that is Mew is consistent. Mew, it exists, and it's good, and it hasn't changed. It is just the essence of consistency. And I think that's what wins the first major tournament of a brand new format. People are you know, trying things that are unpolished, and Mew is polished. It's been polished for the last two years, and I think Mew finishes strong. And just for the sake of making my predictions even bolder, I'm going to go ahead bold and give this pick. win. You went
1: with the safest pick you could possibly go bold, my flight. Mew. No,
0: no, 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 no. I'm going bold by right, saying that Azul GG is going to win LAIC with Mew.
1: How is that? That's not bold. He almost won with Charizard in, in a regional. Like, seriously, where's the bold at? Bold is like well, if you'd be like somebody was coming in, like coming in with a Charizard deck and you were like, yeah, they're going to win it. That's bold.
0: The My is, Moon is
1: more bold than your Mew.
0: <laughs> the boldness is there. The, the randomness that there is with with winners. Um, but I'm going with Azul to win because... He he always shows up big at the international championships. He's he's always there. Um he's shown that he is willing to play Mew and I think I think he shows up with, with Fusion Mew and he takes the crown.
1: That's just not bold. Azul went and got like third in a regional with Charizard. That's not a bold prediction. No, he
0: people. also has I I might be making this up, but I, he might have like the the most top four finishes or something for any in any in, international championships out of anybody. He's just like
1: my, he always my shows case. up to get
0: the international championships.
1: That's just that's just not bold. I'm, I'm sorry, it's <laughs> not bold. All
0: right, um, round out the other rest of your top eight. So you have Roaring Moon. Give me the other seven decks. You expect to be in the top eight.
1: Expect to be in the top eight. I definitely think a couple Chi will be in there. I expect Mew, obviously. Um, I expect God of War. I think think a Lost... Some version of a Lost deck. I don't know if it's going to be Lost Tina, Lost Box, Lost Zard, whatever. I think there's going to be some version of a Lost that's going to be in the top 8. Okay, you
0: need to be specific. Is it Lost Box or is
2: it Lost Tina? We 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 can loop all the Lost Boxes together, but it's separate than Lost Tina. Um...
1: No, I'm keep I'm putting them all together. I'm putting Lost Tina and Lost Boxes together. It's gonna all be right. a lost deck.
2: Okay. One of those it's lost decks is gonna be in there. Okay. Um you have two more. I think
1: I think I Zarda think I think Zarda show up in the lower part of it. I think he'll probably go six to eight. And okay. all right, I'm gonna fudge a little bit. He said I got two more, or I got one more, but I'm gonna go two. Okay. I'm gonna I'm a fudge. I'ma fudge. Okay. I'm going to do Lugia and Maraidon. Maraidon shows up. I think Maraidon will definitely get into the top eight. But I think Lugia, again, like Mew, is one of those safe decks that, yeah, it it might not win. But you're going to safely, a a good Lugia player is going to, you're going to see one that's going to eventually hit top eight. So I think that's going to be the other one, the other two. So I know I picked nine, but yeah.
2: Okay,
0: one more bonus prediction for you. Will Azul GG make top eight?
1: I'm going to go out on a bold prediction and say, yes, he will.
0: <laughs> All right, let's cover my the rest of my top eight. So I have Fusion Mew winning. Um, I expect two Xian Pao's in the top eight. I'll go ahead and say Grant Shen and Rahul Reddy will be piloting those Xian Pao decks. Uh, Grant Shen has been on absolute terror with Xiyan and I expect that to continue. Um, I'm also going to clarify this by I am not positive that all of these people are playing at LAIC, but <laughs> we're just kind of rolling with that. Um, I expect two Lugias to be in the top eight, because once again, Lugia is consistent. Um, it, there's there's going to be a lot of players playing it, and there's going to be enough good coin flips that Lugia gets there. And I'm going to go ahead and say that Rowan, Stavinow and Karen Farah are going to be play- piloting the Lugia decks to get there. Those are two of the best Lugia players in the world. Um, I'm going to expect a a version of Zone to be there, which, when I made this prediction previously, I was not thinking Sablezard um, because I don't know if Sawyer Melvin plays Sablezard at all, but he is um, one of the best Lost Box players in the world, and he is actually the first player to qualify for Worlds this season without winning a regional. Um, he's had a lot of a lot of top finishes without actually winning a regional, and I think that he continues that tear and gets top 8 with a lost box of some sort here at LAIC. And then to round out my predictions, I'm going to say a Gardevoir will get top 8, and that will be piloted by um, what some consider the best player in the world in Tord Reckliff. He is another player that shows up big at the international championships, and I think that continues here as well with his favorite deck in Gardevoir. And the last top eight is going to be a Charizard deck. Um, The reason why I picked this one is the last big regional in the Latin America, or last Latin American regional, which was in Brazil, was just dominated by Charizards. So it seems like a lot of these players love Charizard. And I'm going to go Pedro Petrucci gets top eight with Charizard.
1: I'm surprised you don't have at least one Roaring Moon finishing in the top eight.
0: I don't think it's that good.
1: I think it's a solid. De- I mean, it, I think it's better than Charizard, to be honest with you. And I, I don't like saying um, that.
0: I think it has hype. I think it has speed, but I don't think it has consistency. And I think that's what you need to get to this point. And I don't think is going to win enough games to get there.
1: Well, true. But who knows? Somebody might have a version of the deck that's more consistent than what we've seen online. So
0: Exactly. I mean, you we're seeing a lot of things come out of here that we just haven't seen yet.
1: But again, that's my bold prediction. Roaring Moon but is winning this. <laughs> this uh, this
0: moves on to the next prediction. The most popular deck of day one. Yeah, um, no, I'll I mean. go ahead and take this one first. I think that Roaring Moon will be the most popular deck in day one. I think a lot of people are ready to try out the new shiny toy, and they're going to bring Roaring Moon, and I just don't think it's going to perform that well. What is going to be the most popular deck in day one, Death?
1: I agree with you. I think it's going to be a roaring moon. I think roaring moon is like Charizard last season where it's the new shiny toy. Um, it looks good. It plays good online. So a lot of people are thinking that it's going to, it's pretty good. So I think it's going to be the, the most popular deck in day one.
2: What is going to be the most popular deck in day two? So what deck will convert the best from day one going into day two? I guess those are slightly different questions, but
0: what what will be the most popular deck in Day 2? And that will be based on the winnings in Day 1. Because for those that don't know, you cannot change decks between Day 1 and Day 2 at international championships. So what you register is what you play throughout the entire tournament.
1: I think it will be Qi and Pao, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know how many people are going to run Mew. I don't know how many people are going to run Lugia. But obviously, those are safe, safe decks, but... Uh, Chian Pa, I know, has been solid pretty much in the past, and it's one of the top four decks in the past, Um, because I don't see a lot of Roaring Moons making it to Day 2. I don't. I see Charizard falling off because of Roaring Moon, because all of the people that were playing Charizard last season are going to be playing Roaring Moon. So I think, yeah, I think it's going to be Chian Pa, to be honest with you.
0: I, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be. That is my prediction as well. Um, I think Shampao is going to be the most popular deck in day two. Uh, I think it's gonna be one of the most popular decks in day one, probably number two, if I had to guess. And I think it's going to have a solid conversion rate because I agree that it is one of the best decks in the format. I don't I'm not ready to say it's the best, but I think it is one of the best decks in the format, and it is
2: in good position to perform well at LAIC. Definitely can't argue that is definitely top three. Um, let's 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 go one more a little fun prediction here.
0: What is going to be the highest placing control deck? I really wanted to place in the top eight. I didn't. But where do you think the highest placing
1: control deck is, going to, be? is it going to be? Top sixteen? Top thirty-two? Top sixty-four? I think it'll be top thirty-two. I think it'll be top thirty-two.
2: Hmm. That's what I was going to say, but I'm going to be different. I'm gonna go top 16. I think it's in a good spot.
0: Um, I the I don't. The reason why I'm not picking it for the top eight is I don't think there's gonna be enough players playing it. And, like and you're I, not
1: bold enough for it.
0: Correct. You need to be bolder. <laughs> like I keep saying, there's 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 a lot of luck involved in in these tournaments. In addition, it's 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 mostly skill, but there is a lot of luck involved. And if if it's a low number of players playing it, it's just there's going to be a less chance of them making the top eight, but I will say there will be a Snorlax stall deck in the top
1: sixteen. Well, I mean, if it makes, yeah, I think, like I said, top thirty-two. I don't think it'll make top sixteen. Um, I think it might go as high as the top twenty, like twenty-ish, twenty-one, 22. I don't see it getting into the teens.
2: Well, we will see, because
0: LAIC is coming up, and I am excited to see what it brings.
1: Gozard. Gozard. Make me proud. we get number one.
2: All right, so that concludes our episode on
0: what to expect from LAIC. Thank you for joining us in episode three of the King's Rock podcast. Have a good evening and see you next time.
1: Have a good weekend, everybody. Enjoy the tournament.